This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on the Indo-Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me. And she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonished Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Start collecting your Irish rugby stickers today. Matewa, O'Driscoll, Corgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! And you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily Independent.ie's rugby podcast. For the next few weeks, we'll be bringing you all the news and views from Japan, where the latest update on Robbie Henshaw today is somewhat positive, but more on that a bit later. I'm delighted to be joined by Rory O'Connor. Rory, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. That's about the, all the lingo that we have for now. We've been here a couple of days, but um, yeah, what are your sort of first impressions of Japan? It's been brilliant, you know, I mean, first impression probably wasn't great because we were so jet-lagged, um, but we're finally, well, we're kind of over that. I think you slept for about 24 hours there, um, in between a little bit of work. And Hibernation. I, you know, it, it's it's lashing rain, so it feels a little bit like home, um, but it's just, I've never been here before, it's just cool. Like, everything, everywhere you go, it's just so different. People are so friendly. All the things you heard about it are, are true. You wouldn't notice a World Cup going on, mm. but just as a cultural experience, like we're kind of basically in the, I don't know, I wouldn't like to disparage any of the parts of Dublin that I was going to reference, but uh, we're kind of in the outskirts of Tokyo, a place called Chiba. Ireland were here in the 2002 World Cup. It's very, um, it's like a commercial district. Uh, like all the restaurants are in uh, kind of in the shopping mall. Um, it's very grey. It's grey, but I, like I, it's still got it. Like it's still got a bit of life about it. Into Tokyo yesterday, we both went to see the sumo, which was, uh, which was really, really interesting, really, really, really cool. Do you think they'd um, give us a podcast on sumo? sumo uh, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to become independent of the sumo <laughs> correspondent soon. Like, I didn't appreciate it at all before I started, but it was like, what a sport! Um, all in now on the on the on the championship. So, no, it's been really good, really good start, and. Um, you know, just gearing up to those first round of games on, on the weekend. Um, I went and visited the box today. They're staying in Disneyland, you know, like just kind of really weird stuff. But uh, like once the rugby gets going, the focus will hone in on that. But uh, it's been a really cool experience so far. Yeah, I suppose like Ireland opted to stay out here, as Joe Schmidt said yesterday, because it is off the beaten track. It's away from the sort of bubble. They'll obviously move to Yokohama on Wednesday and I guess we'll sort of feel like the World Cup is kind of building from there because even you see the, the scenes from Wales and they're staying down here, Fukuoka, which Ireland will be going to play Samoa and it looks like another world really, doesn't it? Um, 
it's very quiet here. I arrived a bit early for the press conference earlier on and there was a couple of Japanese people outside with jerseys kind of getting autographs. But by and large, like the players are able to walk around that shopping centre, like you said, totally anonymous. Like people don't know who they are, except for Ty Byrne said earlier that he was getting a few looks because he's kind of towering, towering over everyone. But it is that kind of low-key build-up, which I guess Schmidt might, might prefer. Yeah, they're off the beaten track a little bit. There's no games in Chiba. Um, it's a, it seems to be a baseball play. You know, there's a baseball stadium. The local team are away, unfortunately, but um, there was a gaming conference on over the weekend. So, I mean, the gamers didn't seem to know what was going on with the rugby players, but that's fair enough. Two worlds colliding. Um, Yokohama is hosting the biggest game of the weekend in New Zealand, South Africa on Saturday, and then they're following it up with uh, Ireland against Scotland on Sunday. So I presume that that city is pretty much World Cup focused. You know, mm. there's a bit more life about it. In term- so they move there on Wednesday, I think. So um, I think once we get there, it'll feel a bit more like you're at a World Cup. But, um, you know, there's just it's just such a big place and it's such a small sport here that I think it's going to struggle a little bit to break in to the... Mod- to the, to the you know, unless Japan go really well, you know, I think Ireland, Japan, two weeks time will be a very different, different beast. But yeah, you're right. Chiba is perfect for Joe Schmidt's mind because it's inculcating the mm. players from any kind of hype. There was a load of me- Japanese media at the press conference yesterday, less so today. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Because you sort of felt like, okay, this is what it's going to be like because there was loads of them obviously getting their questions about Japan and stuff and much less so today. And even we picked up the newspaper this morning in the hotel and you know, on the back page is the sumo wrestling which we were at, which was pretty cool. It just gave you an idea of how big it actually is. And I guess it was sold out yesterday as well, so you could have seen that. But even like marathon running, figure skating and baseball were all ahead of the pages. And the only rugby actually in it was four pairs from Joe Schmidt talking about Japan. So even that gave you a sense of where it stands for now. But you'd hope at the weekend it, it gets a little bit different. Yeah, I think it will. The fact that I think Russia will, you know, Russia will pretty be, you know, at, at, at a bit of roadkill for Japan. They'll build up a big score, a bit of a bit of hype about them. Um, I think it, you know that'll kick things off. And you know, it's just such. A, it's not a monocultural society. There's so much going on. Uh, there's so many different different things going on. I'm sure rugby. Exi- you know, there are a lot of rugby fans out there. Which it's just hard to see them on a day to day basis. And maybe just the local media don't care about Robbie Henshaw that much because we kind of the Irish media try to focus in on that as much as we could. Yeah, and I guess you mentioned him there, and I mentioned him at the the start. Um, I guess the good news is he isn't gone home. He's staying with the squad. Ireland trained this morning. He obviously didn't train. They went through a gym session. He was there. Now there was a couple of photos of him. You know. Doing stretches and stuff, you'd wonder how much he was actually doing. But Greg Feek was up uh, talking about him. Ireland scrum coach will hear now what he had to say. Last we heard, Robbie was due to have a scan of two pm yesterday. So can you give us an update? Yeah, so Robbie's looking uh, unlikely for this weekend, obviously. Um, but uh, obviously, we just got back from training and um, we're still sorting things out. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's reasonably positive in, in terms of what we saw. So um, you know, some of these guys. Um, day by day, week by week, things can improve dramatically um, than the average human. So uh, we'll just take it like that at the moment. What does reasonably positive mean? Uh, I mean, is it still possible this World Cup could be over? Or? Uh, well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's looking positive. So uh, from from here on in, we just um, uh, give. Uh, we'll see how it goes over the next few days, and then maybe reassess in the, in, in the not too distant future. Yeah, Rod, I think from that we could probably, it's safe to say that Henshaw won't be playing this weekend, but I guess the fact that he isn't gone home yet, they're obviously very hopeful that he play. And, you know, Will Addison is on standby. He was pulled from the Ulster uh, starting lineup, but he hasn't made it over here yet. And I guess, yeah, everyone's keep their fingers crossed for him, really. Yeah, look, it's a, you can't but feel really sorry for 
uh, the guy on a personal level, obviously, you know, you've built towards this. You've put in so much work over four years. He was one of the stars of Ireland's campaign four years ago, and he was he looked like physically mm. he was primed, and it's really unfortunate and and yeah, disappointing that he would you know pull a hamstring in the first training session off the plane. Um, did they go too hard? You know, all that those questions. I'm sure they're looking internally as to how this happened. Um, Ireland don't give out medical data. They were pressed on it a bit today about you know what grade the, the strain is or is it a strain or a pull or a tear and they just don't go there um, unfortunately from, from our point of view um, so we just don't know whether how serious it is I think it's quite clear that it's not um, going to keep him out for six to eight weeks or at least that, that they're hopeful on that um, they're taking a risk by keeping him because what's you know if he can't play a role at the World Cup at all, what's the point? Why not get Addison over here, get him in, get him trained? They obviously have a bit of belief that they'll get back at some st- get him back at some stage. I think you're looking towards Samoa with the, the final pool game, maybe into a quarter final. And if bon- Bundiaki, Gary Rungos and Chris Fowler are playing well, then Robbie Henshaw's got a really tough task on his hands to get back into that team. So. Um, you know, Joe Smith's taking a bit of a gamble. Keith Earls isn't training either. He like he's supposed to train on Thursday. He's got a knee tendonitis uh, issue that's basically been holding him back for a couple of weeks. So if you've got two players there who aren't training, who aren't co- contributing, that's a big risk factor. I think yeah. going go, going uh, into kind of the pool games, pretty hectic schedule at the start, three games in a row, and then a bit of a break for that small game. But they have quality in the squad. They have cover for both players, and they feel like they can get by. I guess the biggest thing is going to be how long they can actually give Henshaw. You know, it, it's a, like you said, it's a risk to have two backs who who are injured and two backs who, let's face it, would both be on the first choice team. It'll be interesting how that changes the, dynam- the dynamic of Ireland's midfield because I think, you know, would you agree? Like Henshaw and Aki were probably going to be the, the starting centres this weekend, but. It sort of opens the door for Gary Ringrose again, I guess, if he is the one that's going to come in. But even Chris Farrell was up for media today. And, you know, if you're going to go for a like for like, he is obviously more similar to Henshaw than Ringrose. Yeah, and I think normally we'd read a lot into that because, uh, you know, they rarely put players who aren't involved up for mm. media. But I think because yeah. World, World Rugby's uh, rules require them to have something like six or seven players a day up, I think we're going to be seeing everyone whether they're not going to be playing until Samoa or not. But Makes our uh, job a little bit harder. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to guess. But no, Chris Farrell is... Um, is a live option, I think, because of the forecast is for really heavy rain in Yokohama. He played against Scotland. He did well against Scotland and the Six Nations. And it's a six-day turnaround to Japan, who are a smaller team. I think we might see a little bit of rotation. I'm not sure if the centre is, is where it's going to come. Ring Roses seems like the obvious choice, but I am concerned about his form. I don't think he's played well in 2019 as a whole. And I didn't think he was particularly good in the warm-ups. And I thought Henshaw was definitely going to start alongside Aki. They were so good in that second test against Wales. It's a reprieve for Ringrose a little bit if he does get the nod, and he's such a quality player, and like you know, he he's the kind of player that you would expect to rise to this challenge because he's a he's a quality quality operator. But you know, his form is a little bit worrying, and, and Farrell has that size, that power. If the conditions are bad, if it becomes a bit of a slugfest, and it's all about the gain line, it's going to be hard to, to resist putting him in there and maybe putting Ringrose on the bench, which Schmidt seemed to be priming for over the course of the warm-up games. It's going to be a very interesting selection called one of a few. It's probably dragged all the he- it's probably hogged all the focus this week, but it's um, you know I think that there's a bit of road. To, uh, I think to be it'd be wrong to assume that Ringrose will automatically come in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess with the, the Earls and Henshaw, obviously with the injuries at the moment, but the good news is that Joey Carberry trained fully today, which is a massive boost for Ireland, isn't it? It definitely is, yeah, because I mean, he's not going to start if Johnny Sexton's fit, but he's definitely going to play a role off the bench. I think they're going to have a look at him, a fullback at some stage over the next four weeks. Probably not this week, given the stakes, given the conditions. I think you know he's there as a second choice out half. They may even go for Carberry because he's played, you know, played more recently. He's been in 
in good shape and you know he's very as he said himself at the press conference today he's very very much used to uh, wet weather conditions and dealing with uh, poor you know poor conditions down in Galway but I think Carberry probably just has the edge on him if he's fit if he's able to get through the week with his ankle um you know he looked so good in that first one game against Italy he can play the wet conditions he can he, he can kick so well and he provides such a different threat and we all saw in the Six Nations against the mm. same op- opposition what he's able to do um, some, you know, he produced something out of nothing that day and he was really really good so um, massive boost I think he, you know, he probably does wear that number 22 jersey even just even if you do pick ring rows Carberry can, can cover fullback, um, which is huge because I'd almost expect Johnny Sexton to go 80 in this match. Yeah, you mentioned the conditions a few times there. I guess the Typhoon Faxia hit the country last week, and Chiba, actually, where we are now, got qu- quite a bit of damage. But we seem to avoid the worst of that. But the news is now that there's another typhoon on the way hitting the country. The weather is quite bad here at the moment, isn't it? It's very wet. Um, we mentioned Wales earlier. It's a world away from the blue skies that, that they're playing. And so Ireland obviously moving to Yokohama this week where the game against Scotland will be on. But if those conditions are that wet, it'll be a very different game, even for Scotland who have a lot of obviously quality backs. Like they want to play the ball fast and wide. But how do you think that will impact it? It's hard to know. I mean, uh, it, it's it's wet but it's it's going to be a firm pitch does that make it a bit of a, an ice rink does you know how, how will the ball bounce it's not like playing in northern hemisphere it will oh sorry it's northern hemisphere sorry in europe um it's it's a very different environment and i think the rain will have you know will do different things i mean both the scottish players and the irish players will be used to playing in the rain it's nothing new to them but it will affect the way they, they approach the game it will affect team selection greg feek said that to us today that they will have to consider it i mean there will be probably a lot more scrums um, they'll need to be, you know, tighter on the ball. It probably it just means you have to stand closer to the scrum half when he's given the ball. It means you probably have to, you know, you don't give that risky pass, and it maybe comes down to the more powerful team, and that probably plays into Ireland's hands. Um, I haven't quite figured out if the typhoon is the one that is going to be affecting the weather on Saturday, or that's coming, or on Sunday, or if that's coming on afterwards. But the forecast is for basically rain and thunderstorms, which will make, you know, make for an interesting backdrop to the game and it will make for a very different contest than one we were all expecting. Yeah, it's quite humid here as well, I guess, which we had been told about, but it's, it's sticky, isn't it? It's hard, it's hard to sort of describe it because you're walking around woman and it's hot and then it's, it's raining, but even I was chatting to Tyg Byrne after the press conference earlier, and you know he didn't wear the scrum cap in a couple of the warm-up games, and he took it off in that Saracens game as well, and there's all these little things when players are so used to the norm, and he said that, He's, like a few of the players have been talking about it who they wear them likes of Josh Van Der Feer that they might not wear them and while it seems like such a small little thing it's it's out of the norm isn't it yeah definitely and it, that, that's the whole thing about a World Cup it takes you out of your comfort zone it makes it it's, it's a challenge not just on the rugby pitch but but in terms of you know going to a different environment living in each other's pockets and adapting to the local conditions and this you know is effectively for the big nations the first fully neutral World Cup I mean I think Japan are going to be good but I don't think they're contending for the for the title itself but the teams who are are basically on, you know, there's no home team amongst them. So I think that makes it a bit of a different challenge as well. I mean, it feels, it's humid, it's warm, but it's not oppressively hot. You know, maybe it was before we arrived, but, mm. you know, since we got here, it's been pretty okay. So um, I think they can live with these conditions. And again, I mean, the Scots are in the same boat. They, they, they effectively live in the same climate. I think it rains more there. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be fairly level between them. It might be a bit more of an advantage to the Japanese on, on Saturday week because they are more used to it and they live here. Yeah, as, as you said, Ireland are going to be moving to Yokohama on Wednesday and I guess the World Cup will kind of feel like it's ratcheting up then. But um, yeah, I think we've got some work and ramen to be eaten over the next couple of hours, Rod. But we're, the good news is we're going to be back every day, every mid, mid, midweek day anyway. Yeah, uh, 
just to give an update to everyone and try and keep everyone give a, a flavour of what's going on over here. It's been interesting so far, and it's only going to get more interesting as the games kick in. Obrigado, Rod. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's, that's Brazil. <laughs> Portuguese. How many times have I done that here today? But cheers. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good luck. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Start collecting your Irish rugby stickers today.